Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the hour of truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, brought to you every third Tuesday monthly at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. UK Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Aetherius Radio Live invites you to discover the cosmic message for this age, revealed through legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium, Dr. George King, between 1954 and 1997. Be prepared for another amazing show covering fascinating topics such as karma, UFOs, the Mother Earth, the New World, the Next Master, life on other planets, and much, much more. Today on the Theorious Radio Live, your hosts are Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze, and they will be discussing a fascinating and intriguing title, Payback Time, 50 Years of Operation Sunbeam. So without a further ado, I give you Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Thank you, Nikki. Hello. Thank you, Nikki. Hello, Richard. Hi, Chrissy. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you doing? Oh, good, good. And Chrissy, we've had a lovely letter today uh, for Ethereus oh. Radio Live. I just opened it a couple of hours ago. I'd love to just read out some of it, if I may. I won't give the, the name of the author of the letter, um, but they, they describe oh, yes. themselves as a, a listener. Oh, so wonderful. I'm well, glad we we've got a listener. Letters. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's so great. It's, it's actually beautiful, very kind of her to write this. I think it's a her. Um, and she says this, just to say that your radio shows and in general all you stand for are very comforting and impressive. And having had a long interest in the views of Dr. George King, I feel the Ethereum Society to be a trustworthy and decent place. I thought Mrs. Alison Lawrence's talk on the nature spirits and divas wonderful and loved that. Chrissy Blaze is so very uplifting too, is a shining light in this world. Often I wish there could be a questions and answers from an interested listeners. I think this is a very good point, Chrissy. I think we should definitely yeah. welcome question and answers. So she then raises her question. One thing which has cropped up again and again for several years, for instance, is that very often we transition to the next place we are stopped in our tracks by the so-called greys, brackets, aliens, and sent back into the reincarnation cycle for their benefits. So this is what some people are saying, apparently. I, being born in the 1950s, have become mature in my beliefs and accepting of the afterlife or continued life. Yet I found myself dreadfully upset that the very uh, honourable, inverted commas, people speaking on this subject might have a point if some other beings are self-serving and unable to do this. The thought of not being with one's loved ones ever again and one being shoved back arbitrarily into the reincarnation cycle really got to me, which may sound absurd, um, and it's a case of... Uh, sifting through a lot to find our truths and we end up wondering what we can believe and what's a false if sincerely meant bit of information so um if i may answer that to you uh, I, I and i hope you're listening you have no need to concern yourself about that whatsoever uh, even if um, hostile alien beings wanted to try to interfere with uh, the souls of those who've passed on. There is protection. We are protected on this planet. We have the ascended masters on this planet. We have the cosmic intelligences even more so protecting our world. If we didn't, we could be in all sorts of, we would be in terrible difficulties. But that will not happen. You can absolutely rest assured. Uh, I've had, and many have had contacts with people who've passed on, and you're not going to be shoved back uh, for someone else's benefit into the reincarnationary cycle, it all happens in a in a law of uh, of beneficence, of goodness, to help us evolve, to help us advance, to help us gain the experiences we need. Chrissy, do you want to add anything to that? No, I just want to say uh, thank you very much for the 
wonderful letter, and um, that's very, very kind of you. And also how appreciative we are to receive uh, an interesting question like that. And yes, I think Richard gave a very, question. very helpful reply, and I would totally agree with him, because I know this does concern a lot of people. So I want to thank you for um, really bringing this up. Mm. Perhaps we should, uh, one of our programs, go more into reincarnation and life after death and what exactly happens. Um, But I would like, in fact, we're very open to suggestions and indeed any other questions you can either write to us. This this was written uh, by someone who didn't leave their address, so we can only communicate with you over the show. Uh, But indeed you can do that or you can email Chrissy or myself with any questions and we'd be very glad to pick up on them uh, in the next available program. But this program, we're going to talk about something very, 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 very important. Aren't we, Chrissy? Yes, very important. <laughs> <laughs> this really is a big one. I mean, last month we talked about uh, realizing your inner potential through King Yoga and the relaunch of the book, Dr. King's last book, uh, under that title. Uh, or, or that's a sort of an abbreviation of the title, but using the topic of King Yoga. And, of course, King Yoga being everything that he left, the path that he left, the teachings that he left, uh, the example uh, that he set, and the missions that he left. And I've, I think at the very zenith, the very pinnacle of King Yoga must lie Operation Sunbeam, because this is a mission he devised, and uh, it's the greatest mission uh, it's been described as the greatest mission uh, that's ever been performed uh, being performed on earth uh, by any organization or country that was described by the greatest beings connected to the earth the very lords of the flame um, since then operation rather the saturn mission has been given to earth so uh, i must say that predated that mission but certainly for someone on this earth to devise this mission, it must be the greatest mission ever devised by anybody that we know of living on this planet, I would say. Chrissy, I think that's safe to say, don't you? Yes, I do. And we're very fortunate that um, we're celebrating 50 years of this wonderful mission this week. So um, throughout the Mm. world, we're holding celebrations this coming weekend. And so it really Mm. has had a long and fascinating history and um, we'll be touching on that a little later in the show and we couldn't really do any better than to read a poem written by a poet called Chrissy Blaze and you are a poet Chrissy I know you we don't hear much of your poems do we and this one you've written for this occasion haven't you for the 50 50th anniversary of Operation Sunbeam I did and I really appreciate you offering to read it that's very kind of I want to read it out um, and was it written with the celebration in mind and with the theorist radio live in mind it was written for the 50th anniversary in mind yes it, good, it was kind of good, I got, good I was researching and I got so inspired I wanted to somehow write something and <laughs> you, and you certainly did a fantastic job so let us start this program I'll, I'll have the honor of reading Chris's new poem which is called the gift of Operation Sunbeam. The earth, spinning silently through space in her journey to God, offered her body to man, lost in the inevitability of his own karma, without gratitude, or even thought of her great sacrifice, but spinning, spinning endlessly out of control, not with the gentle movement of her great evolution, but against it, spinning in chaos and tragic involution while she, great goddess, supreme lover of God, still held us close, feeding, nurturing, loving. And then the ancient ones declared, her suffering must cease. Earth's beloved planetary family rejoiced, celebrating her initiation while we humans abused her, indulging our petty ideals of power, lust, and greed, madness in an insane world. But then, from the darkness of a hidden future, one man arose from the heights of meditation, and with all his wisdom, love, and scientific prowess, he gave to Mother Earth a precious gift. And the name of that gift was Operation Sunbeam. 
And this was a gift, not only for her as a token of our love, but a gift for us. Even though we humans, except a few, knew it not. And this gift now has for 50 years brought us unworthy race time upon her beautiful body, precious time to love and time to dream, to rise, to serve and time to realize. Operation Sunbeam, if we grasp it, has given us a future so clear and bright, inspiring even our galactic friends and our beloved master, his eminence, Sir George King is the man who, shining with the light of true understanding, brought us this precious gift of his heart so that the karmic deserts of our bloody history may be more gently received. We give thanks to our master and the adepts from Gotha whose magic and sacrifice give life to Operation Sunbeam. We celebrate this chance to cease our senseless spinning and flow with our Divine Mother in her path of evolution, following her lovingly in her journey back to God. Well, that was so beautifully read, Richard. Thank you so much. Well, it was the way it was written, Chrissy. I, th- I think that will inspire many listeners. Um, it certainly inspired me. I, one, one of the things I, one of the phrases I love in that, Chrissy, is where you say, "But then, from the darkness of a hidden future." One man arose from the heights of meditation and with all his wisdom, love and scientific prowess he gave to Mother Earth a precious gift. And that reference to a hidden future I think is, is, is a very well put because Operation Sunbeam, and it's not unique in this respect because there are other aspects of the Ethereum Society but it's a, it's a pinnacle of this, is centuries ahead of its time. Yeah. And you know, it just would not have been given at this time uh, at all, had it not been for him, uh, may never have been given, but it certainly wouldn't have been given at this time. Um, and I think it's it can be difficult for people, um, for all of us, to grasp something which is not of this time. But then the fact that it's there means it's become a part of this time. And in that sense, you know, Dr. King has changed the karmic threads and the cosmic plan, an altered time, by just giving us this mission, which, uh, as I say, is not in tune even, or anywhere near in tune, thank goodness, with the current consciousness and the current, um, well, what would have been the current karmic position of humanity. And he's altered that. He's brought it here. Somehow he's made it present, and those human beings who grasp it in one way or another, and a part of it in one way or another, and there are many ways to be a part of Operation Sunbeam, are must be advancing through time, just by doing that one thing. That's not the motive. The motive is there's only one motive for this, and that is for the Mother Earth. But well, very that must point. happen. Yeah. yeah, you're accelerating mm. into some distant period when such a mission would be part of the fabric of the ethers of humanity very very interesting points yeah absolutely i love your point about you know it's not of this time and yet somehow our master has changed that of course time being the measurement of change then that kind of Mm. makes sense so that's very very interesting i think it takes a certain mental courage to uh, you know investigate something as great as and something so ahead of its time and yet of this time as operation sunbeam it takes a certain i don't know a curiosity uh, and hopefully the listeners will have that curiosity mm. that courage to do so and to take it further to, yes as you say well we do realize i mean it's it's groundbreaking concepts operation sunbeam which those of us who've performed it uh, and been part of it and been honored to be a part of it uh, through the decades are are grappling with you know because we are trying to match up to it and I, I don't say we succeed fully by any means but to match up to this honor of being performers of an aspect of operation sunbeam and cooperators with because all the members also of of the ethereum society take a part in this if they if they wish to 
um, people who support the, the, the you know that you have people who who donate uh, for example to the Ethereum Society uh, which is non-profit making as you know uh, as listeners know um, and they may not be members but they are thereby helping everything we do which includes Operation Sunbeam so there are many many ways some people pray regularly for Operation Sunbeam. But Chrissy, before I get going on a spiel, I, I think you have some very interesting things to tell us about the, the situation on Earth and, and the, uh, uh, the, the Earth's heartbeat. Did you want to, to right. elaborate yeah, I kind on of, that? Um, yes, I, I just wanted to kind of set the scene uh, a little um, mm. for, for listeners about the situation on Earth now. And I think we're all aware that if you look at this earth and humanity, we're kind of out of attunement with the planet, um, more and more so. And I believe that the Mother Earth and our relationship to her is like the missing piece of the jigsaw that's the, our evolution, if you like. And our master mm-hmm. said that um, it should be the, the, central, the center of, of any spiritual thought, really, is, is the Mother Earth. Mm. And... Um, there are many ways that we can regain this attunement. I'm going to talk a little bit about those. Of course, the greatest way of all is Operation Sunbeam, and that's the main focus. But I just want to set the scene a little to explain um, just how disconnected we have become. And I was reading in the Scientific American the story of a young boy in the United States who said that he likes to play indoors better than outdoors because that's where the electrical outlets are. And this is just an illustration of how disconnected are our children, our children around the world from nature. Because a study revealed that children from 8 to 18 spend an average of seven and a half hours a day, seven days a week, plugged into computers, TV, video games, cell phones, etc. And the likelihood, um, I've read, of any child visiting a sizable green space has halved in just one generation. And this is getting worse because parents now are very scared about their children picking up germs and diseases from insects, mosquitoes, and so on. So field trips are, are being cut back. But on the other hand, and this, this is just going into nature, not um, a very, very important aspect, but not you know, the heart of the planet, but still it's important to have this connection to nature. And this sort of illustrates that we're losing we're kind of spinning out of control, as I mentioned in the poem, and actually are developing, it has been shown, an aversion to nature, which has been proven to be a wonderfully nurturing aspect of the great intelligence, the Mother Earth, with healing powers, not just the fruits of the Earth, the herbs and the flowers and the plants, but the Earth herself actually heals humanity through her vibration, and that, this is where I'm going to talk a little about the heartbeat of the Earth that you mentioned. Because in 1953, um, Professor Schumann from the University of Munich first discovered that the Earth produces a very specific vibrational pulsation. And he confirmed that this frequency was 7.83 hertz. And years later, that became known as the Schumann resonance. Or some people refer to it as the Earth's heartbeat. And they discovered that they're actually living on a planet that constantly emits the frequency and energy of love. They called it the energy of love, actually. And um, this also led to a finding that there's a correlation between the Earth's heartbeat and the brain rhythms of humans. And this has been studied throughout the world, too. And this frequency appears to have a very wide range of beneficial effects uh, on humans, from enhanced healing to accelerated learning. And when a person or a live stream vibrates at this frequency, it's said to be in attunement with the planet's own magnetic sort of frequency. And um, unfortunately, what's happened is because of the age in which we live, and this is not going to go away, um, we're bombarded by, as we know, you know, man-made EMF frequencies from computers, cell phones, etc., microwaves, power lines, and so on. And this, this actually um, interrupts the links with the human resonance and masks the benefits. And it actually does cause, and there's been many studies to prove this, 
things like stress, migraines, insomnia, and other far more serious conditions, which sometimes take many years to come to light, which is like another form of pollution on our planet. And in fact, this was taken so seriously um, by um, the Russian space agency that they put Schumann wave generators in their spacecraft, and they found that this improved the health and well-being of the astronauts, and then NASA also included them. So it, it is a very real thing. So how do we get back to this frequency of the Earth? How do we protect ourselves from the, the microwaves, the EMF frequencies that really are a part of our life and here to stay? How do we restore this harmony? And of course, um, we can do it, I believe, by raising our vibrations through uh, spiritual practices, through giving service, through our understanding that the Earth is a great cosmic intelligence, um, through our gratitude and prayers of thankfulness for all that she gives to us, through practicing the violet flame practice, which um, we talked about and actually did in previous shows, um, for this comes from the very heart of the Mother Earth, but especially uh, by supporting the great mission operation Sunbeam, I believe. And so, you know, we're out of, out of attunement. We can see this on the earth. We can see what's happening. Uh, but we can, I believe, get back into the attunement. And this, this is good for us, but the main uh, heart of Operation Sunbeam is not really about us. It's not about us. It's about the earth. And so, Richard, what, what do you feel about that? Would you, would you like to explain well, yeah. more about Operation Sunbeam and our connection. I think we should. I think that's fascinating. And I think I'm also just thinking that probably people listening who don't really know what's, what Operation Sunbeam is and we haven't had the courtesy to really explain it. So we perhaps should just... Um, that was fascinating research there, Chrissy. Thank you for that. Get back to what exactly... We're not. I mean, there's so one could talk forever about that and we're not going to you know, go into the whole history of it, which is fascinating and is available through the Ethereum Society, through our various newsletters and editions of Cosmic Voice. But just to explain what it is, it is a repayment, and hence we're talking about payback time, uh, of energy to the Mother Earth. Now, the problem with doing that, there, there are a number of problems, but the main one is how do you go about actually transmitting energy to a planet? Now, we know there have been many civilizations of various kinds, uh, Native American, African, uh, Ancient Greek, and others, um, who, and even Roman, who have worshipped, under different names, the Mother Earth, who have sent out energy, have sent out prayers of thankfulness to, in one way or another, all mantras in the East, for and to the Mother Earth. But the energy that they've sent out which is a marvellous thing to do and should be done, and we do it, for example, in the Twelve Blessings. We bless the Mother Earth. That's one of the highlights of that practice. But the energy itself goes into the ethers, goes out to the Devic realms, which uh, you and Chrissy, uh, you and Alison, I beg your pardon, discussed uh, some months ago. It, it, goes, it doesn't go directly to the planet. And even if it could go directly to the planet, it wouldn't be a good enough quality of energy to benefit her. We have to be very honest about this, very realistic about this. Uh, and we have to face the fact that while we can do wonderful things for humanity using prayer energy and healing energy, uh, including helping to bring peace, helping to resolve the Syrian a crisis, helping to heal people, and all sorts of things can be done, and even things for the ecological balance, for the, the devic balance, yes, definitely, but sending energy to the planet herself uh, requires a very, very high quality of extremely pure spiritual energy. So the problems that faced Dr. King when he first thought about this and he described to me actually once when he did first think about it and he described to me that he was actually, and this may uh, shock or surprise some people and if it does so be it because it's the truth, he was actually having a drink and looking out and he was thinking to himself, okay, I've done various things. So this would be, I'm, I'm, I suppose, in about 
65 or 6 it started in 66 so he'd done some amazing things by then operation starlight operation blue water brought the 12 blessings the nine freedoms but just to show the mark of his humility he was wondering to himself will i ever do anything i think the way he put it to me was this will i ever do anything really great myself <laughs> and as he thought that he looked into the sky and the cl- and the clouds seemed to form the initials of his name gk and it was then that he came up, as I say, I will repeat this over a drink, not in Samadhi, in a cave or something, with this mission and the concept of this mission. And it was just a thought. It was a thought that was brand new, uh, unique, and had never been thought before, which was, as I've just explained, not, I mean, the thought of let's praise the Mother Earth, that's extremely ancient on this Earth. And all right. and wise people have done it for centuries. But how do I actually give her energy? How do I give her anything that could in any way, even in a small way, benefit her? And he realized how to do that. And he set out to do it, which was the transmission of energy. I mean, he had uh, already practiced a mission called Operation Blue Water, which was... Uh, um, directed if you like by his own master the master Ethereus. so some of the concepts were there but not this concept which is giving energy energy which could have been used by humanity for the benefit of humanity instead giving it to the mother earth and uh, he used the holy mountains to do this and he needed the help of great uh, cosmic beings to actually generate the energy but he also needed a way of transmitting it to the planet and the only way to do that to avoid the devic realms as i've just mentioned would be to do it through her psychic centers or chakras just as we have psychic centers and chakras for example the heart center the solar plexus center and so on so does the planet so you 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 have a plan there in essence but some massive problems to overcome one how do you get a source for this energy two how do you discover the psychic centers and and where it can be safely directed and directed in cooperation with the lords you can't just sort of even if you're able to you'd need the right permissions and the right authorities and then you'd need the right apparatus and that's what operation sunbeam is it's been through various aspects but it's a direction of high quality energy generated by the masters you refer to um chrissy the adepts from gotha we've spoken before about them although interestingly the first phase of september the 24th was done by saint peter that's something of i think to contemplate on it's very interesting that um and you need that high source you need the equipment and you need to know where to direct the energy, know how to direct it, and where to direct it, so it actually goes to the planet herself and not out into the uh, realms around this Earth. Well, that's a, thank you for that explanation of Operation Sunbeam, and also it for is, sharing it, that story about our master, yes. which is really says so much about him doesn't it Richard it does and when he told me did it in a very matter of fact way you know it was no airs and graces just you know (laughs) the way he did Uh, I think we're pretty well coming up to our halfway mark Chrissy Um, so perhaps we should pass over to Nikki sounds like a good idea thank you thank you Chrissy and Richard you're listening to Aetherius Radio Live with hosts Chrissy Blaze and Richard Lawrence talking about this fascinating subject entitled Payback Time, 50 Years of Operation Sunbeam. As already mentioned, on Saturday, September the 24th, the Aetherius Society worldwide will be holding a special service to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Operation Sunbeam, which you are warmly invited to attend if you wish Details of this, together with further information of this wonderful mission and other essential activities of the Aetherius Society, can be obtained from our website, aetherius.org. 
Also, as mentioned, you can uh, join in with the 12 blessings, which includes the uh, blessings of the Mother Earth, every Saturday and Sunday with the live online 12 blessings services. And to find out more, please visit 12blessings.org, and that's 12 in digits. At the Ethereum Temple in London on the afternoon of Sunday, September the 25th, there is a yoga breathing workshop with Sasha Brazili. For further details can be obtained on the website london-temple.org. For information about events at the Michigan branch, then you can please visit ethereusmi.org. Well, that's it for now, and I'm very pleased to return you to your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Well, thank you very much, Nikki. Yes. I think we should explain, um, uh, perhaps Chrissy also, which I didn't mention, that Operation Sunbeam, or an aspect of it, is, is involves, uh, especially in the early days of the mission, was done over water. And that's a key right. thing that the master, Dr. King used to say, is that any really um, balanced, I, I can't remember his exact words, or uh, fully functional, whatever the words were, spiritual organizations should do a certain aspect of, what, of their work over water. Because this planet is, majority of it is water. And of course that's the, if you like, the lifeblood of the Mother Earth. And so that's another thing that was important to Dr. King in his mission, not only in this mission, was the use of boats and taking them over certain very significant uh, places. Um, Chrissy, there's uh, a very, very significant um, question that was raised to the Master Ethereus in 1991, um, which I'd quite like, if, if that's okay with you, to read out to our listeners. Oh, yes, please do, Richard. So it was August the 14th, 1991, and Dr. King was in Santa Barbara. And I'll read it to you exactly as, as, it, was, uh, as, as it went between him and his own great master, the Master Ethereus, and this is, this is how it went. The time now is 11.15 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. This is his eminence to the Master Ethereus. Would you come in, Master Ethereus, please? The Master Ethereus. This is Ethereus. I've been preparing for, for communication with you. Continue. His Eminence, thank you very much. Master Ethereus, may I ask you a question regarding Operation Sunbeam? The Master Ethereus, you may. His Eminence, a couple of days ago, I received an intelligence flash or a very strong impression that the mission Operation Sunbeam, which I designed and is conducted by the Ethereus Society, with most of the spiritual power invoked by the Masters from Gotha, had, throughout its history, sent over 900,000 prayer hours to the Logos of Earth, and that this constitutes a world record and a record above any other plane of life around the planet Terra. That's Terra meaning Earth, the Latin word, T-E-R-R-A. The planet Terra. Is this correct? The Master Theorist, I'll get back to you in a short time. Pause, His Eminence. This is His Eminence standing by. Yes, Master Ethereus. The Master Ethereus. When was your first recorded phase or start of your first phase? His Eminence. September the 24th, 1966. The Master Ethereus. Very well. Stand by. Short pause. His Eminence. Yes, Master Ethereus. The Master Ethereus. The answer to the question is absolutely correct you have gained even another world record. I would like to say at this time that without your superb genius, this mission would not have been devised, especially in this time of your history. Neither would this mission have even succeeded had it been devised by anyone else. You do have a certain magic, whether you believe it or not, and all live streams on the planet Terra should be really thankful to their God and to you and to all concerned with the mighty Operation Sunbeam. Tell them that from me, will you? Ethereus, now discontinuing. His Eminence, this is His Eminence. The time now is approximately 11.22 a.m. PDT end. So that was a seven-minute uh, transmission. 
Um, I just would say that at that time, the record was, or the figure was 900,000 prayer hours. I don't know the exact figure today, but I think we could safely say it's at least three times that amount, according to my back-of-the-envelope calculation. But that's not an exact <laughs> figure. But it's certainly much greater than that figure now. Um, staggering. I, th I think, you know, I'll just yeah, repeat, staggering. the record above any other plane of life, too. Not just uh, this physical plane. That would include um, even the highest plane, which is level 7, um, which is uninhabitable, it's so high. People go there for short periods if they're able to, for highly spiritual reasons. That would include the Great White Brotherhood, the spiritual hierarchy of Earth. It would include anyone. Um, and that was in 1991, which, as I say, is a third. Now, we know that the Great White Brotherhood are themselves now performing Operation Sunbeam. In fact, they, it wasn't so much that they accepted it, it was that they asked Dr. King whether he would accept them doing it. And, of course, he <laughs> gladly did, and he did so on, on Shambhala. Uh, in the, and, and present on that occasion was not only the Lord Babaji, but also the Lord Buddha, um, it was a most, it's a moment, it's just quite a gobsmacking, extraordinary, really? enormous thing. Uh, and I wanted to raise it. There's, a, there's another aspect yeah. in there I want to talk about. But Chrissy, do you, is there anything you'd like to comment on that? Well, it's fantastic. It really is staggering, as you say. And you do have a certain magic that's, that says so much, doesn't it? And I think. Mm one aspect of this magic which we were very fortunate to experience as you know close to our master was his tremendous understanding of the law of karma Absolutely. and this is what operation sunbeam is all about isn't it manipulating mm. world karma you know yes. every phase we perform it benefits uh, not only the earth as a token of our gratitude to a certain extent but but, but mankind, and that's a fantastic, I mean, visionary that he was to be able to, you know, really understand the earth in that way, but to understand the law of karma and to understand that it can be manipulated. Because in the past, we just thought, well, that's our karma, you know, that, you know, good, mm -hmm. bad, it would come to us and that was it. But no, he, he mm. had this tremendous understanding of karma, which runs through everything he did. Isn't it? Absolutely. Everything he said and everything he did. And, and, and he really knew that it, an intention isn't enough, even a very good one. Um, you know, it's an, a nice thought. It's a good thing, but it isn't nearly enough. Um, you know, or even saying we'd love to do something for the Mother Earth, but we can't. That's not, that wasn't good yeah. enough for him. He wanted to find no. something. Now, you know, he made no bones of the fact that this, you know, the, the energy that she's receiving from us isn't, or not from us, but from the great beings who, who send it through our equipment, is not, you know, going to be absolutely make or break to her, but it is beneficial to her, and it's make or break to us, and it's a real thing. It's not a theoretical thing or an idea or an intent or a piece of, even a prayer or a piece of writing. It's a, a, an actual pragmatic manifested act of sending something which is good for her to her and is achieved regularly through Operation Sunbeam by the Ethereum Society and by the Spiritual Hierarchy of Earth. Again, thanks to him though. They're only doing this now because he invented it. And, you know, that's quite extraordinary. And I think one of the sentences that just jumps off the page, isn't it, of that transmission i read is it wouldn't have been devised especially at this time that's one thing i think there are three three sort of levels one is having the desire to do something i mean um how many people have been pondering how many even masters have been pondering i mean i don't know the answer to this oh, what what can i do for the mother earth um but anyway he did he did more than ponder it secondly devising something that's practicable and real 
and works, that's the second thing. But then the master theorist, really to cap it all, he says, neither would this mission have even succeeded had it been devised by anyone else. Now I think we have to take that as spoken. Anyone else. Amazing. Um, I think there's, I mean, a massive meditation right there. And as I said at the beginning, you know, given the existence of what we now call King Yoga, this is King Yoga at its zenith, at its height. Um, uh, and what? Why? Why? Why only he? And, and it's it's the pulling together, as you said, of all the karmic threads. It's the the relationship, which uh, isn't for me to go into, but the relationship that he had with the Gotha Masters, whatever that relationship was, yeah. that enabled them to do this without contravening karmic law. That in itself must have been a massive manipulation for him to make, to bring about, and especially into the future. And that they, don't, they haven't done it because of, you know, in, I mean, even if they wanted to, they wouldn't be able to do it just because of us. He was a cosmic avatar on Earth. They had a specific relationship with him which enabled them to do this. Mm-hmm. So that's his magic. He used that to bring that about. Um, and then the discovery of the psychic centers, the ability to know where they were and know exactly where they were. That was his own ability. Mm-hmm. And then to work, I mean, here is someone who visited the Lords of the Flame. And you'd have to have a, the right relationship with the Lords of the Flame, with Lord Babaji for certain, with the Kamara, the Lord Buddha, and I would say, and this is just my opinion now, the Mother Earth herself to be able to launch such a mission. And then you've got to put people, human people, in a position to do it, karmically in a position, which he does through and did through their dedication to the Ethereum Society and enable that to continue into the future with people he wouldn't have physically met. Uh, all right. of those components, never mind the apparatus and the concept, um, and I'm sure many other karmic ramifications that I wouldn't begin to appreciate, he had to juggle to to bring this into being. And that must be, I would say, um, what the master theorist, or part of any way, of what the master theorist was referring to, the viewpoint of the masters, how the regard in which they held uh, Dr. King, which would enable this to become an accepted part of the cosmic plan, and so on, and so on. All that and more is his magic, which he brought to bear to make Operation Sunbeam happen 50 years ago this week. Yes, absolutely. And the master theorist said, um, and I'm paraphrasing that even he didn't realize, isn't that right, Richard, how far Operation mm. Sunbeam would go? Yes. Um, which he didn't was an foresee incredible the effect it would have through the galaxy. Yeah, the impact and, it would have through the galaxy. I was sort of wondering, galaxy. Richard, I don't know what you think about this, but after you know the initiation of Earth, it's almost like Operation Sunbeam had to come into existence because I don't know if humanity would have made it through to where we are now mm. even, without it. I mean, mm. it's a thought, isn't it? It, it is a thought. I mean, and you, you know... You, sorry, go on, please. No, I, I mean, you can't even imagine uh, the world without Operation Zombie. No, no. And when I, when I think about this, I always go back, and I'm sure I've said this probably before on the Theorist Radio Live, to that cosmic consciousness experience that he has which is published in the nine freedoms uh, where he describes cosmic consciousness and, and how he experienced it and it's a, it's a unique description because it's apart from anything else it's a very technical description which I, I haven't seen the like of anywhere but also it's it, I think it's the most extraordinary thing because towards the end I haven't got it the words in front of me but he says something like he felt strangely dissatisfied with himself. Now, when you read about these elevated states of consciousness uh, under various names, somatic names and so on, the, the people who experience them are always describing the wonderful bliss, the, the, the deepest levels of satisfaction that they enjoy yeah. in these states. And yet he didn't. He did, 
But then there reached a point, as soon as he became aware of the Mother Earth and became very conscious of her being, which he must have done in that state, and really felt it for real, he, was, he wasn't satisfied. He, he, he couldn't stay in it, even. He had to... And I, I mean, I think that that kind of love and awareness and dedication, because I, I, I've always felt, and I've said this to him, actually, that his first commitment on this is to the Mother Earth. And, and his second commitment is definitely to, the, to humanity. But above all else was his love, his commitment. And that too must be part of his magic as well. That level of awareness that even other advanced masters didn't gain. Even in that state, they didn't gain it. Yeah. Um, it, it's very, very, very unique and unusual, and that was, of course, years before Operation Sunbeam. But it, might, I mean, he put it down, didn't he? He said it was all down to unconditional surrender to God. I was just going to say that that wonderful yeah. Quote, well, please the secret let, behind designing it. Yeah. Please talk about that, Chrissy, because that's that's a no, big thing. No, I was just, um, it just came to mind because you know you you. You're bringing out, I think, the master's great humility and his great ad- level of advancement to what you're saying is, is fascinating. But And then when he says, this, what's the secret behind designing an operation which has so much you know, spiritual power attached to it? And he says it is an amazingly simple one, unconditional surrender to God. And there again, I think it's a, an absolute... Um, tribute to to him to you know it's just so he makes everything so simple and mm. yet uh, there's so much in that one statement isn't there what does it mean you know and he absolutely demonstrated it throughout his life didn't he i mean oh he really did he really did as you say everything he did was a karmic manipulation and he described i mean he was as you say very humble indeed and he tried to put the whole focus on uh, great other beings or on God or you know, not himself. But he did admit quite openly that Operation Sunbeam is the best devised karmic tool ever used on this planet. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a strategic mission. It is, energy is returning to the Mother Earth and that's why we're doing it. But that must start to repay, hence we're calling this payback time, this massive, massive debt we owe the earth. And that must bring some balance. And that must manifest through all the other realms, the mental realms and the physical realms. Because he's working at the karmic level. The karmic level is higher even than the energy level. You know, you know, if you if you look at the yogas, yeah, yeah. really, if you think about it, and if if people had thought about it in the past, karma yoga must be the greatest of all the yogas because it's working at the highest level, which is the karmic level. You know, if you look at say Kundalini yoga or Kriya yoga, they're working at the energy level, which you could say is the next highest. But when you look at the Raja Yoga, Bhakti Yoga, Nani Yoga, these are essentially working at the mind level if you see what I'm saying. But the karma yes. level is the highest. Now, Sunbeam is a pure karmic tool. There is energy involved, there is definitely mind involved, and there is physical action involved. But the essence of it is purely karmic. And as such, it must have a massive effect on the karma of humanity. Exactly. And to me, the saddest thing is that humanity doesn't sort of grasp it as we heard that it was uh, inspired other worlds throughout the galaxy, you know. Um, yes. But still, we haven't grasped it. I'm sure some of the listeners will be wondering, be excited about Operation Sunbeam. And it's such an exciting mission, and how they can help, how what they can do to help. And there are yes, ways that well, people can help. Absolutely, yes, yes. Do we want to talk about that now, or do you want to? No, no, you talk about that, please. I mean, there's one very simple way that even if you're not connected to the Ethereum Society, and I highly recommend you are, but if you're not, then you can uh, get from the Society the prayer um, Mm -hmm. for Operation Sunbeam and do this on a very, very regular basis. But the best way, of course, is 
is to support the Ethereum Society, as Richard mentioned, in many, many ways, by attendance, by donations. And once you're a member, then we have this tremendous privilege of being able to take part in services of thankfulness that are held after each phase of Operation Sunbeam. And our master set it up so that the people who attend this service, and it's just a 45-minute service in different locations around the world, are actually, it's as if they are part of the phase. They have the karmic benefits of being a part of the phase. So this is a tremendous karmic and spiritual opportunity. And uh, it's really something that's open to everybody, everybody who wishes to become a member. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. I mean, we aren't. I think it's well known. We we aren't recruiters. We don't try and get people to. No. And, and and even if we did, it wouldn't work. I mean, people can only join if they're so motivated and 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 wish to do so. But if you are part of the Ethereum Society or you support the Ethereum Society in any way, you are to some degree supporting Operation Sunbeam as well as all the other missions. So to some degree, you're contributing to this effort to give energy directly, not indirectly but directly back to her. And she is receiving that uh, during the phases of Sunbeam. And that, that is a, a completely unique thing. I, I, I haven't found anywhere uh, any claim to, to do anything like that simply because no one's ever done it before. And you wouldn't, as the Master of Theory said, you wouldn't be able to do it anyway without the right... Well, he said nobody else could have done it. Um, and of course, he's, he went to tremendous pains to set this up for the future and enable us to continue after his lifetime, uh, which we are still doing. And so, as so too, is the Great White Brotherhood. I think that's very interesting. Um, they have stated, the Great White Brotherhood, that they won't use any psychic centers or, or any, in any way, um, how can I, I'll get my wording right here, um, you know, uh, cross the bounds of what the Ethereum Society is doing. In other words, they're, they're giving precedence to whatever the Ethereum Society can do, they will let us do. They won't do that. And that is because they recognize that it's more karmically powerful, strangely enough, when we do it, because we are unascended yeah. people. They are mainly terrestrial people. Most of the ascended masters are from this earth, but they could have left they volunteered to stay, to help and to serve. The fact that they're terrestrial makes it a powerful, powerful karmic manipulation, but it's more powerful from a karmic point of view, certainly not from a spiritual energy point of view, but from a karmic point of view when we do it. And that's the most amazing thing. And, you know, people who make any efforts, as you've mentioned, prayer, uh, whatever it might be, to be part of this, to help in this, are helping her in some way and there's nothing greater that anyone on earth can do we will never touch physically touch a greater being or come into physical contact with a greater being than the mother earth and we owe her so much uh, people talk about you know the, the ravages of pollution and to damage the environment and yet they don't do anything for her they're worried again about us and how, it's, and how right. our life is going to be and how our grandchildren's life is going to be and all that sort of thing. And the, the focus here isn't on that. The focus here, as you said earlier, Chrissy, is on the Mother Earth herself. And that's what's so beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Because Dr. King, although he would say himself that he smoked, that he drank, that he, you know, he was a very direct person, he was a very down-to-earth person on the face of it, he could be extremely practical, he was as pure as the driven snow. I mean, as someone who knew him, and you knew him too, Chrissy, an yeah. absolutely pure being of light, completely focused on working for the people of this world, yes, but even more so, for the planet upon which we live. Absolutely. And he totally lived by his unconditional surrender to God. And mm. that, uh, that was his secret. That was what motivated him, I think, and his great love for the Mother Earth, um, as you say. Absolutely. And I, I think, coming back to the unconditional surrender to God, I mean, 
that is a big key. He offered that as his his big secret, and and he said it will uh, lead to your salvation or keep you away if there is not that unconditional surrender. I mean, he he just pushed that all the time, and he demonstrated it. He was he wasn't trying to, you know, do anything other than exactly what God determined. And he didn't, he, nor did he believe in waiting for, as you said earlier, for karma to work itself out, um, or for waiting sometimes. He was, he was brilliant with his timing, but at the same time he would bring things into being, ahead of time if necessary. And that brings us back, again, it's something that the Master Etherius commented on there, you know, especially at this time in history. Um, it's, and of course it's lucky he did because uh, who knows what would have happened if he hadn't done at this time in history. Yes, he had the tremendous faith of his unconditional surrender to God because he, he knew he could make something like an Operation Sunbeam come about. And yet, at the same time, he was so practical and every step of the way he would check and double-check and never take anything for granted. So there was this dual part of his nature always working as well, wasn't there, Richard? That was part of his magic, absolutely part of his magic, yeah, and very, very unique. And I must say, I I notice it a lot because being around him a lot, I was so used to it. He never took anything for granted, ever. Never left anything to chance, ever. Never had the sort of attitude, well, if it's God's will, it will work out. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, let's just go with the flow and see what happens. Uh, you know, there's a reason for everything. And, you know, while those philosophies contain some truth in them, they're not enough. And he, he wanted to make things happen, and he did make things happen, and he checked, he double-checked, he worried. That was part of his magic. He was a worrier. He paced the carpet worrying. How can I improve this? He was never satisfied with himself, and he, and he was never satisfied with the mission that he, he thought it could could do better. And that, too, is all part of what made Operation Sunbeam. I mean, he, here's a very moving thing he said about it. He said, I have no help at all to devise the operation from any person other than George King. Wow. <laughs> so he, in this mission, he wasn't helped by a master, by anybody. There was no one really around him who could have. They could do what he asked them to do and did it very well, build equipment or whatever the case may be, but they couldn't devise op- the, uh, Operation Sunbeam. Only he could do that, and he did it. And it's an absolute tribute to him, and it's a most glorious, wonderful thing. So often we hear about terrible things in the world, and there are enough of them. This is a wonderful thing in the world, an inspiring thing, something that's going on that you can be part of if you wish to be, in one way or another. And I think that's a great spirit to take away on this 50th anniversary. Don't you, Chrissy? I do. And I think what you've brought out about our master, it makes you realize that if you really want to understand his eminence, the George King, then read and study about Operation Sunbeam because it's kind of mm. like an extension of who he is. Somehow. Mm. That's a very good point. And if you can attend our commemorations on Saturday around the world, various parts of the world, please do so. But if you can't, and if you're perhaps you know, unable to travel, or you're not even a member of the site, but you say, listen to our show, spare a thought on Saturday, and, and perhaps send a prayer out for Operation Sunbeam, or for the Mother Earth. Uh, but especially on this, that's the day of the 50th anniversary. Uh, all that, too, is part of the karmic manipulation recognizing it, appreciating it, giving it your energy mentally and, and with energy and thought and love. Because that's what he... That's, it's, a, it's a manifestation of Dr. George King's love for Mother Earth. Yes. yes. Well, I think we, on that note, need to hand over to Nikki, don't you, Chrissy? Yes, I do. Thank you very much, Richard. Thank you very much. And thanks for your poem. Well, thank you so very much, Richard and Chrissy, for such an inspiring show that really was wonderful. You have been listening to Aetherius Radio Live, 
which is your cosmic connection, the third Tuesday of each month. The next show will be on Tuesday, October 18th, with the intriguing title, The Yoga of Mediumship. For more information on the fascinating facts mentioned in this show or to connect with the Aetherius Society, please visit aetherius.org. You can also connect with your hosts, Chrissy Blaze and Richard Lawrence, by visiting their respective websites, chrissyblaze.com and richardlawrence.co.uk. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the month.